0: The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne.
1: Welcome back to Life, Love and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I am Marissa Q. Payne. And I
2: am Dr. James Payne. And we're super excited to have you back with us for another thrilling episode of Life, Love and Leadership.
1: Yes. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. A word of advice. You'll need a notebook for this podcast because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, resources you can use in life, love and leadership. So grab a pin or hit the subscribe button and follow so that you don't miss a single tidbit. What's the teaching topic for today, baby?
2: Well, today, baby, we're talking about something that's really, really, really important. We're talking about working with your spouse Mm -hmm. Uh, and not only in a business context per se uh, outside the home, but working with your spouse in alignment and cohesion in your home corporation as well. So just working with your spouse and figuring out how to do that in an efficient and effective way.
1: Kind of like how we work together on this podcast and stuff. What you just said. Oh, wow. That's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be good. Yes, it should be pretty
2: deep. But first, as always, uh, I look forward to finding out what's going on in that pretty little head of yours. Break it down. What's going on in Marissa World?
1: (laughs) So since we're talking about um, working with your spouse, I was actually it got me thinking that, um, you know, we are. Actually, halfway through or a little more than halfway through our first season Yay. of life, love and leadership. And I think we have talked a lot about life. We've mm. talked a lot about love, but we haven't talked as much about leadership mm. or really introduced that side of us. So um, I was what's on my mind today is like leadership in the context of Um, life and love and business and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I facilitate a lot of like peer learning groups, executive roundtables and things like that. And we have been focusing on um, leadership at work, leadership at home um, and personal leadership. And so I wanted to know what you thought about those kind of layers of leadership. Mm. What do you think? Sure. So I think you are a
2: leader in various contexts, as you mentioned. Obviously, yeah. uh, there is a leadership that you have uh, outside of the home. There's a leadership within the home. Uh, and then there is a leadership, I think, in terms of self Leadership, Mm. uh, self-governance, if you will, uh, which I think is the highest form of leadership, because I think before you can try to lead anybody else effectively, you have to first lead yourself. It all starts with the man in the mirror. Mm. So I think those are the three tenses of leadership that show up. uh, But definitely leadership to yourself is the most important one. How do you define leadership? Leadership, I think, is defined as um, I, I love John Maxwell's definition as influence. Uh, the ability to influence people, influence outcomes, be able to drive results. And so I think the ultimate leader, if I'm thinking from a business context, Mm -hmm. is one who is able to achieve results through the hands and hearts of other people.
1: So if I'm hearing you correctly, like you feel like in order to like have a good leadership resume, if you would, Mm -hmm. you've got to it matters what happens through other people. It's not just about you.
2: Uh, That is one-tenth of it. That's one-tenth of it. Uh, and I think that is the most common refrain on what leadership is, is getting things done through other people. So driving results through other people, leading, guiding, directing. And I think segregating the difference between someone who's an individual contributor mm-hmm. uh, and someone who is a leader of the overall
1: outcome. So Like my title. Correct. Yeah, I think that's interesting because obviously at work in or in business context, we think about the leadership team, right? Mm -hmm. And that's usually the people with supervisory responsibilities. I actually started my career, believe it or not, I'm a business owner now, um, have worked in as an executive director and, you know, we work together in ministry. We Mm -hmm. have a podcast, we got brands, all of that stuff today. But I really started my full-time career as an administrative assistant. Mm -hmm. And when I think about, what my career trajectory was like Mm -hmm. then. I was a leader then, even Mm -hmm. though I didn't have a title Mm -hmm. um, necessarily or people supervision responsibility. Right. I can remember I reported to a vice president over like a software development team at a Fortune 500 company. And like the team relied on me Mm -hmm. like heavily. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, Command central, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, if the budget came through, like I remember getting a reward for paying attention to the line item budget and recognizing that we were being overbilled for stuff and um, seeing gaps in like our new hire kind of onboarding and how people were figuring out how to work with our team. Mm -hmm. And so even though I didn't have a management title or any title really within the company, I still was a leader. So I definitely agree with that sort of general title of influence, right? Um, in a business context, it really doesn't matter whether you have a title or not. And in fact, people that have a title and rest on that title mm. are like the worst kind of leaders. <laughs> oh my
2: goodness. I think my pet peeve there is if you need your title, to exert leadership, Mm. you're not really a leader. Right. Uh, Because, you know, I I don't necessarily believe it that you should have to rely on a title to get things done through other people. If you can't influence people positively to get things done, you're not leading well. You're not leading effectively.
1: I love that. And so then segueing to the home. Mm. um, So home leadership or leadership in your family, I think this is juicy, Mm -hmm. right? Because, um, again, as people of faith, We've, I think that there has been distortion in sure. what that leadership means or like the man is the head of the house and sort of what that means. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that.
2: Well, when I think about leadership in the home, uh, I think about dancing dancing. I think about dancing. I think about <laughs> dancing uh, because really I think it is a dance. I think home leadership is a dance uh, and who leads the dance just really depends on what song is playing. So if... What? <laughs> I think about it as dancing. Okay. Uh, and whoever is leading the dance yes. at that particular time is leading within the context of the home. So for
1: example... Thank uh, you. If so, <laughs> so, so, so I'm sorry. I'm sure that's really deep, but you got to break it way down for me. Okay.
2: So let me let me come down to where you live. <laughs> Uh, they get these master's degrees oh, to anybody these days. So dirty. OK, so I called it a dance. OK, uh, life is playing the music. OK, uh, and you guys, again, you have goals, not roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you're working to accomplish something together that produces the best outcome for your house. Like so, you
1: creating a symphony or something. Right? Exactly. Like, so okay.
2: life is playing the music and you guys need to dance to the music. OK, mm-hmm. so if life is playing music, that is OK, we need to get our taxes done mm. by a certain deadline, Marissa Payne is going to lead that dance. She's going to be your Okay, And, and, I, and I'm going to follow her lead on that dance. <laughs> and she's going to lead that dance. Got it. She going to lead that dance. I got it. I'm with you. In another vein, if Marissa tells me, you know what? I think I may have saw a mouse in the garage. Ooh. I'm going to lead that dance. She ain't going to have nothing to do with that dance.
1: You definitely lead that
2: dance. And so I just think it just depends on what is happening, what what music has been played uh, within the context of your relationship
1: at that time, who leads the dance that you need to dance in life? Wow. So that's very different than, you know, it's so funny the way when I grew up, you know, my grandfather was a pastor and I he would, you know, every time he married people, He would overemphasize and beat this point about husband is the head of the church. I mean, head of the wife and wives are to obey the husband. So but what you're saying sounds different, right, than Mm. than that. Yeah, and so I think there is
2: definitely uh, some archaic and incorrect teaching mm-hmm. uh, w- with respect to that. W- when the Bible refers to a wife, it refers to her as a helpmeet, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if we think about that, if you are going to be a helpmeet, uh, you have to be as strong and equally as capable as I am. So if we walk over and pick up uh, a table together, mm-hmm. you have to be able to manage the same level of weight that I can manage mm. uh, and have the intellect and acumen to say, OK, I lift on three and we <laughs> move it over to the corner.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. But I don't necessarily know that we have to do the same thing, mm. right, to be equal contributors. So I might not be able to carry the same weight But I can tell you turn to the left, right, tilt it a little bit in order to get it downstairs and or I can stand at the bottom of the steps and say, oh, no, okay, turn it this way, turn it that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm helping you in that way. Right. So, so yeah, I have a contribution that I'm bringing. It might not be the same. And and ideally, they're not the same because, like you said, I'm taxes, you know, you rodents, which I hate talking about. Just one example. You know, it happens. Yeah, Just Um, one example.
2: Um, But so I I definitely agree that the contribution doesn't necessarily have to be the same. Mm -hmm. It can be. yeah. But the point is, you have the same level of strength and ability that I have. Yes. Uh, And so, you know, I I think we need to embrace that. uh, And in so doing, embrace the fact that you bring a leadership asset as well.
1: I think the other thing about leadership at home is that there's humility Mm -hmm. required there. Vulnerability, like some of the quote unquote softer skills, are loud Mm. and more significant and more important. So, Mm -hmm. if you are in fact going to influence your partner or your family at home, you might actually have to take a step back, Mm -hmm. right? You might have to say, I'm sorry. You may have to lead by example. Right. And humble yourself. Right. It's not always about being in charge. Mm -hmm. Like it's actually to me, leadership is at its best when it's in that servant leadership mode. Mm -hmm. Right. Like when I'm serving you or supporting you and not needing to be in the limelight or in charge is the most beautiful aspect of leadership from my vantage point.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And so again, for me, it just ties back into uh, it. Just depends on the music and life that's being played on who's going to be leading in that particular song.
1: Yeah, that's good. And then I think we circle back to personal leadership, mm. where you started as sort of. I always say to that own self, be true. Mm um and it starts there right like if you don't have self control if you don't have good um emotional intelligence um within yourself it's so difficult for you to positively influence anybody else Absolutely and that's always a work in progress mm, <laughs> mm. Lord knows it's a work in progress for me No all leadership
2: work starts with the man in the mirror Yeah Yeah and I say man don't take offense to that because uh, God made man He comes in two models, male and female. Yeah,
1: mankind. um, Both were to have dominion um, over the earth. So I love that. Yeah. So are you a good leader? Uh, I think I'm a good leader. Yes. Uh,
2: I think I'm a good leader. And are you a good leader? I'm an exquisite leader. Okay. Ask me my question again.
1: (laughs) Too late. (laughs) (laughs) So, exceptional leader, a good leader, whatever you said, do you feel like you've mastered all three? Uh,
2: I think I am um, mastering all mm. three. I don't think you ever completely arrive. You're always learning, you're always sharpening the saw. Uh, and the moment that you think you have arrived mm. is actually when you're lost in the woods somewhere. Uh, so I, I am mastering.
1: So you're saying I'm not an exceptional leader?
2: Your word. I think. Did you say exceptional yes. or exquisite? I thought you said exquisite. One or the other. Okay. <laughs> no, I I think you are an amazing leader.
1: Oh, thank you. You're
2: so welcome. Uh, but I think in that, I don't think you think that you've arrived. Oh no, definitely not. No, I, I I think you are just consciously aware that you're good at what you do.
1: It's actually funny now that you. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. Once you said that, you just made me think of all the terrible things I am as a leader (laughs) (laughs) Um, and all the work I have to do. Mm. Right. I'm a business owner. I definitely have influence as a coach and speaker. And in terms of leading my team, Mm. I still have so much work to do. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, stuff I know and teach and doing it are different. Yes. Um, At home. Of course, you know, as a parent, I don't get that right all the time. As mm-hmm. a wife, I don't get that right all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that the personal leadership, the greatest struggle that I have is really the self-care and like, you know, sort of leading internally right Mm -hmm. and taking care because that's a model and that's important too and that's always a work in progress absolutely and so even though people see the influence and the work and the accomplishments and all of that is great Mm -hmm. and yet still right there's still a whole bunch of other stuff so yeah you definitely never arrive yeah
2: never arrive always growing always striving
1: So good news about the fight of the week this week. We didn't fight this week.
2: <laughs> Let there be peace.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like we squeezed our brains so hard and there was actually harmony in mm. our house this week. I know. I was like, what can I say? It's like, oh, she cooked this week. Um,
2: <laughs> and then you was like, "Ah, oh, he took out the trash. Oh. <laughs>
1: I did cook. How many chicken pie pies have you had?
2: I have had at least two chicken pie pies in the last three weeks.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: God is so amazing. (laughs) You have no idea. He can change the human heart. (laughs)
1: Some new recipes. Yes. Listen, yes. Um, it's it's been a good season, and so we decided not to do a fight of the week this week just because we didn't have a fight of the week. Nope. So here's what we decided that. In these weeks where things are going well, we need to use your examples. So, again, if you want help sorting through your fight of the week, send us a scenario, SuccessfulMarriages.org, or you can just inbox us on Facebook, um, Successful Marriages or Instagram, wherever, social spaces. But um, we know that you've got scenarios as well. And if you want our perspectives on it, we'd love to include your example in the fight of the week. Um, because believe it or not, sometimes Dr. James and Marissa actually have good weeks too. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows, maybe we'll actually take those live. We've actually been talking about that as well. Yeah. So you can join us in the studio and we can just really... Have it out. Let's so, do it. Let's do um, it. If you're brave enough, we want to hear from you. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So let's just move
2: right into the topic of the day. Today we're dealing with working with your spouse. Now mm. this is going to be a touchy topic. <laughs> I already feel it in my bones. <laughs> Everybody, pray me through. It.
1: Why are you feel it in your bones already? Uh, let's we just... have been working together for a long time. Yes, we, we live together. Number one. Uh huh. We've worked together in ministry. Number two. Probably Mm -hmm. we started marriage ministry 20 years ago. Mm. Um, And that was tough because we did like couples Bible study in our home, which I think is huge. Um, We have worked in church ministry together, having like senior leadership positions over different aspects of a ministry you've worked in the company, right? Um my company before. Obviously we're doing a podcast now together. So why why are you nervous? We've so, been doing this a
2: long time. Wait, nobody ever said nervous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You ain't never scurred. So working (laughs) with your spouse can be either the most rewarding uh, or challenging thing that you ever do. Mm. Uh, And I think, uh, watch me get these brownie points. I think for me, it's been so rewarding. She's giving me the look. (laughs) But it's been so rewarding to have the opportunity to uh, to work I'll with my spouse. I'll use your words.
1: That's bogus
2: <laughs> in various <laughs> contexts, uh, and so uh, as we kind of delve into this topic of of working with your spouse, I think it's important uh, that you adjust for the nuance that this. Shifting dynamic can create when you go from uh, being an intimate partner to working in a business context together uh, mm. that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your intimacy and your partnership from a relationship standpoint. Big deal. Um, yeah, big, it, big It's a huge deal. And I think (laughs) if if you don't necessarily understand how to work these tools, uh, you'll find yourself uh, like trying to play golf with a tennis racket. It's just not the right tool for the job to get it done. And so Mm. you have to be aware, Okay, this requires a different skill set for us to be effective. So there are a few different considerations I kind of want to talk through.
1: Okay, but how does everything come down to golf with you? It could be golf, basketball, football, (laughs) baseball,
2: but you know, most of my analogies are sports related. Okay. So pray for me. Got it. But the first consideration that comes to mind is that you got to be nice to your partner. I'm like, just really basic. You have to be nice. Uh, What I have observed is, (laughs) you know, there is a tendency for your spouse when you work together uh, to not be nice to you sometimes, (laughs) Like, you see this person, they're nice to strangers, like people they met five minutes ago. Hi, this is Timmy. He's going to be working in accounting. They're nice to Timmy, but they're like making faces at you and whatnot. So I think the first thing that comes to mind, be nice to your spouse.
1: What do you say? I'm laughing because I kind of feel like that number is a little passive aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) To me, because you always say I treat other people better than I treat you. I'm a call a spade a spade. (laughs) In a work context. And I'm woman enough to admit that I tend to be harder on those closest to me. Because I think that in professional settings with people that you don't know, right, you are kind and courteous. Are you listening to yourself talk in professional settings with people you don't know? You are kind and courteous. Continue. <laughs> but it's superficial to some extent. Or, you know, like, you, we don't know each other yet. So we're just getting to know each other. But with my partner, I can cut the BS, right? Like, I can just shoot straight for, you know, I can just go. I don't have to, like, clarify a question. <laughs> so are you saying, then? I'm not disagreeing with your point. I'm just saying, you know... Um, I'm acknowledging that, generally speaking, I am more direct with you than with others. Interesting. But it's only because I love you.
2: Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. So be nice to your partner. (laughs) Be nice to your partner in a work context. Uh, Yes, you know them better than you know anybody else. They're your intimate partner, but still be nice.
1: Yeah. And I would add to that, be aware, Mm -hmm. right? Again, to thine own self, be true. Like be aware of your tendencies and treat them like you would treat others. Mm -hmm. Maybe that.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the second thing that comes to mind for me uh, is to get clear about your business styles and your roles within the business context that you're working in. Uh, I can recall uh, working in your business and it was an adjustment for me because I'm used to being the leader in charge. Like Mm -hmm. I've I've been a leader since I was 13 years old. I'm used to being in charge Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting in that context and you were in charge that took some adjustment. (laughs) <laughs> because I still wanted to be in charge. Correct. And so I think definitely uh, uh, getting clear about the business styles and the roles within the business is critical to your success.
1: Yeah. I mean, you were a consultant and I'm a consultant as well, but I was CEO. You were a consultant. I was CEO. Um, and I, I will say that, you you know, you respected that. You knew that coming in. We talked about that. Um, and I was your wife and you didn't take too kindly you know, for taking orders, you know, from me. I prefer to call it direction. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like orders. Like, and I felt like it might be direction or just, you know, saying something and you're like, normally at home, you'd be, you know, you take my request, you take it or leave it. But at work, You really don't take what your quote unquote boss says or leave it. You're expected to do it. Mm -hmm. But at first, like you would kind of treat work like home. And I'm just like, um, you know, maybe we need to have a performance improvement (laughs) plan here. (laughs) So it took us a little while to to kind of work through that. Definitely. Uh, for sure. And so I think that you it's important to have though, have as have as much of those conversations up front as you can. Sure. And I think that understanding styles, mm-hmm. you know, like I definitely learned about your work style when we worked together and we in like the same office suite. Like. And I didn't love it. <laughs> it's just like. You know, I would talk to you or I have an idea and you're like focused and you don't want to, you know, and it's just like that was disruptive to you exactly. or not, you know, and you, but you didn't use your words well. Well, I did. I remember one time specifically, <sighs> I told you I'm like Arnold
2: Schwarzenegger. I work alone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I'm just like, I'm just asking your opinion. It's like the water cooler or whatever. Like, what's the point of you being here if you're going to be all grumpy? And, oh, my gosh. Lady, um, I came
2: to produce a result. <laughs> <laughs> Not to have a water cooler conversation. Okay. Yeah. So understanding
1: your styles. And there's definitely tools out there that can help with that. Um, I personally, you know, love either True Colors or DISC. Um, for like the affective style and Mm -hmm. then um, we also use the Kobe which is like your MO sort of how you approach stuff and problem solve Mm -hmm. is really really important and then like you said getting clear about roles Mm -hmm. like I'm CEO, your COO, or you know, I'm consultant. You're, you know, the salesperson, right? Like, it's really important to know who's going to do what and how decisions will be made, mm-hmm. um, and who gets to make the final decision, right? right? That part is is really important. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I think the third thing that comes to mind for me is to set aside business free time uh, where you guys don't engage in business discussion at all, but that you just have an opportunity just to recharge the battery uh, as man and wife and uh, as intimate partners and and just spending that quality time together. Uh, And I know that was important for us to really work toward doing.
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, like office hours, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, it's, it can be tough when you are both, um, you know, energetic. Like we, we have a podcast. We want to talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can't talk about it all the time. Like even, like even on this, like even when we're aligned and we love it, we still have to turn it off and just be husband and wife. Um, and that's on the project that we are passionate about and we enjoy. I think that, you know, when I was first starting uh, my business, I also was passionate about it. And you weren't in the business at the time. You were really only, you only worked in the business for like a temp, you know, maybe six months or something like that. And I talked about it, you know, I ate it and breathed it, woke up, went to bed, you know, I might bring a frustration to you or something. And then when, it's my frustration I'm bringing to you. And then when you express frustration about it, then I yell at you, you know, like it was like lose, lose. And so I definitely had to learn how to turn it off Mm. because it was affecting the relationship. And it's just like, ma'am, I do not want to talk about your business all the time. Right. I want to talk about our business. Like,
2: (laughs) yes. Like I, I refer to you as a Martian. in one (laughs) podcast. I go back to that and yes, Martian comes down And relax.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) even if you're passionate about it, turn it off, you know, make set some boundaries, um, have some guidelines about, you know, when we do work and when we don't.
2: So, yeah, again, I think the uh, top three there is making sure that you're nice to your partner, uh, getting clear about your business styles and roles. uh, And then lastly, setting aside business free time where you're just able to connect, unwind and recharge your batteries.
1: Yeah, I have a bonus and that is find a system that works. Mm. (laughs) Nice. And that takes some time as well. But like we have a planning meeting for the podcast on a particular day that's on the calendar. Right. So again, it's one thing to say, don't talk about it all the time. But it's another thing to say, this is the time that we're going to talk about it. That's critical. And not only that, here's who's in charge of this segment here's who's in charge of this segment and that's how we're going to talk about it when we do come together to talk about it and so really kind of getting to max so you take that same kind of understanding your styles and preferences and you use that to your advantage so Mm. you're good at this I'm good at this so I'll handle this you'll handle that and then we'll come together and this is how we'll do it so you definitely want to you know work to establish a system that works for both of you it might take you a little while to kind of figure it out but you definitely want to have a system that works and if you can have some support along the way as well to sort of help bridge some of that gap even better
2: Awesome. I love the
1: bonus. What do you think about the dance that we talked about earlier at work or when you're working together? Does that apply?
2: I think it absolutely applies. And so I think, you know, you you want to allow leadership to be influenced by gifting um, against the backdrop of what the the business demand is. Mm -hmm. So if you are more gifted in what is being demanded of the business, I don't think you ever let gender drive the bus on who leads in a scenario. Um, mm. And so allowing gifting to drive that bus. That
1: is so good. Because I I can think of, because like what if the other partner like isn't technically a part of the business, mm. but they have a gift that can help the business. Sure, um, And I think you can run into scenarios where either you're offering your gift and the spouse doesn't want it or is not necessarily receiving it well. It's just so much that can happen there. But I think that when you are in partnership together, even if the person, you know, it's a boundaries thing. So you kind of have the conversation about it. But if you're bringing business home and talking about it all the time mm-hmm. and I can help you like be open to receiving that help or at least have the conversation about it mm-hmm. or the boundary that you set might be stop talking to me about it. Uh-huh because, you know, it would be unfair for you to just keep coming and talking and complaining about it all the time. And then every time I make a suggestion, you reject it or you get offended Hmm. like that's a bad cycle. Sure. And so even if, you know, your partner isn't in the business, but if they have a gift that can help you sure, take it and use it. Absolutely. Don't take advantage of it. And then if you're not willing or you don't want that, I don't know why you wouldn't. Mm. But if you don't, then stop talking about it. Got it. Marissa, third chapter, 22nd verse. (laughs) So are you ready for the question of the week? Let's do it. All right. It says, my husband's mom is sick and needs full-time care. He has several siblings who won't pitch in financially. My husband wants us to be financially responsible for the whole thing. I love my mother-in-law, but I don't think our family should suffer the whole burden. What do I do? Wow. 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 That's a, that's a tough one.
2: Um, But I think what immediately comes to mind for me is you have to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to uh, have the conversation with your husband and develop a game plan for talking with his siblings about uh, how they can be more involved financially and kind of support what's going on in mm-hmm. uh, supporting mom's care. I mean, issues like this, they must be unearthed and addressed. Uh, I, I think if, if issues like this remain uh, in silent mode, it just leads to resentment and bitterness and broken relationships. Uh, and so I think it's critical to have the conversation uh, with your husband about your feelings, game plan about meeting and bringing your the siblings up to speed, uh, and then kind of taking action from there.
1: Yeah, I think you got to be specific, right? Mm. Um, and again, set boundaries. So, what can you afford, or what are you willing to do? Sure, right? And then the infamous family meeting. Mm. <laughs> Yes. Which can be challenging. Um, We've had a number of those over the course of our relationship. Now that we're kind of in that sandwich generation, Mm -hmm. obviously you and your husband have to get on one accord as much as possible in terms of what you think you can afford Mm -hmm. and sort of get to that number. What you think is possible and then see where the gap is. Sure. And then bring that information to the family meeting. Right. Not necessarily a sense because. You know, we don't know other siblings' finances and their situations and things like that. Sure. And there are a lot of ways of resolving and solving these kind of scenarios when we have to take care of our parents. So one might not have an extra dime to contribute, but they have extra time to Mm -hmm. contribute. One can clean, right, and make a commitment to do that or offer, you know, other types of services. And so I think it's a matter of maybe not necessarily focusing just on the money Mm because Lord knows caregiving for a parent is more than just money. Sure. And so really knowing that, like having the conversation about what you can contribute in Mm -hmm. your household and what will keep the peace, right? Mm -hmm. What will be the, in the spirit of twos and tens, like what's the five in the middle for both of you that you can agree on? And then bringing that information to the family meeting, kind of identifying where the gaps are and Mm -hmm. what needs to be filled and working together as a family to try to figure out solutions for how to fill it.
2: No, I love every part of that. Uh, And so, definitely just thinking beyond uh, the money and finding new ways to chip in.
1: That's that social worker in me coming out.
2: uh, That's the social work advantage.
1: All right. So we are going to call that a show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we continue the conversation in social spaces. You can visit us at SuccessfulMarriages.org to submit your ideas for show topics or to give us a scenario. And maybe if you're interested in coming and being coached live, we're open to that as well. Share this episode with a friend that you know needs to hear about it, and we look forward to seeing you next week.
2: See you next week.
0: This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International. Dr. James Payne speaks and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us. Find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.